The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Um, If you happen to have missed uh, last week's show, we had a great show for you. In fact, I got a lot of uh, letters uh, with regard, a lot of email with regard to that show. Um, And the name of that show was called It Pays to Lie. Um, The show was about fraud immunity adoption case with my aggrieved father, Rob Manzanares, and family law attorney, uh, Wes Hutchins. Um, We also had uh, Rideshare Rants, which is our new comedy segment, 45 minutes past the hour, and we'll be doing that again uh, later in the program on segment four as well. So with regard to uh, last week's show, if you missed uh, that show or any and any or part of uh, the shows, you can also listen to my my uh, library on SoundCloud. It's so easy. All you have to do is Google and type in the Men's Advocate SoundCloud, and you'll see my whole repertoire of archived shows. Okay. So with regard to today's show, we have a, another great topic, and the name of today's show is called Everything You Have Been Told About Women is a lie. We have my guest today who is ex-military. His name is Terry. And we're going to be talking, these are some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today. Did you grow up without a father? How does the rise of feminism affect today's man? Should women pay their fair share? Should should it be 50-50? How should that go down? So my guest today um, is he is the editor of Math for Feminists? That's Math for Feminists. You can find this on Facebook. And by the way, as always, any anything that we talk about on air, all the links and all that stuff, I will put on my Facebook fan page, so it's uh, at the ready for you. Um, if you haven't already done so, uh, hit like page um, on my fan page. Same name as the show, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And uh, hit like page, which is in the upper right-hand corner. Once you do that, hit it again and um, allow notifications. Okay, and that way, once a week, you'll get all the updates on what the show is, who my guests are, and what the topic is. Okay, so um, anyway, he's the editor for Math for Feminists, um, which has uh, pretty much doubled in size in the last 14 months. They boast about 14,000 uh, users on that, on that page, on that Facebook page. Um, my guest is named after his father, who wouldn't call my guest by his name. My guest has met his father twice. He was raised by a single mother who hated him. Um, but she kept on having sex with him, even though she thinks that he's a piece of dirt. Um, uh, my guest's mom remarried when Terry was 13 years old, and the stepdad really came in at the right time uh, during his adolescence and taught him a lot. We'll be talking a little bit about that on the show as well. Um, Terry was in the Marine Corps for 14 years. He left home at age 17 and never looked back. Welcome, Terry, to the program. Thanks for being here. Hey, well, thank you for having me. Uh, hey, just one thing. Uh, we, uh, my, my boss will get really mad uh, if he thinks that I'm the editor of Math for Feminists. I am an editor, but he's, 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 he's the one in charge. Okay, awesome. 
One of okay. the editors. I think you mentioned yeah. that you have quite a few editors, right? You have different yes. people that are contributing to the show. Maybe what is it, six or seven different um, editors, and yes. you get a lot of view, different viewpoints, and maybe even some of them are overseas. So it really helps uh, you know solve the problem from a lot of different angles, which is uh, really a terrific way to to have that forum like that. Oh, it is. We're very fortunate to have the, uh, the, level, of, the level of diversity that we do. Um, we have people from North America, Europe, um, well, yeah, mainly North America and Europe, who, are, who contribute to us. Right, right. Okay. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about um, everything you've been told about women is a lie, kind of... Uh, loosely based on what the media is is feeding young men today. So what inspired you to talk about this particular topic? Well, um, as you and I have spoken before, you know, uh, I grew up without a father. You, you briefly mentioned that. And, and I always believed that um, somehow I was flawed uh, because... Because just because of the circumstances I was in, you know, being raised by a single mom and my dad not being around and, uh, you know, then you become an adult and you start to see things from the outside perspective, like the outside world. And you start to see that, hey, you know, there's some serious problems here. Um, you know, like, like you said, my mom would not call me by my first name because I'm named after my father. I mean, how that, that is so screwed up. But I thought it was normal. Was it your dad who gave you the name, or she she gave you the name? Oh well, the, the story I get is that uh, that after I was born, you know, he filled out the birth certificate and named me after him. Ah. Now, you know, is it true? I, it's one side. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure it was fine until they split up. Right. That's what I was going to say. It was probably probably the name giving was perfectly fine, you know, until she didn't like him anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden um, everyone knows me by my middle name. And but all my friends know me by my first name. But and, and as far as family functions go, um, everyone knows me by my by my middle name. Uh, so that gets confusing for everyone. Exactly. All right. So um, anyway, listeners who are listening in, you're welcome to call us on this topic, 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. We are on with my guest, Terry, and we're talking about everything you've been told about women is a lie, you know, all the media hype that goes on. Um, Terry, you mentioned that not only is this statement um, the way that it is, but you really have like turned this around to say that you've recouched this. You've turned it around to say women need you, not the other way around. What do you have well, to say about that? No, I do believe that. Uh, I, but I don't believe it in the sense that, like, I'm God's gift to women or anything like that. It's, it's not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, say, for, for example, uh, and I say this, I've said this a thousand times, you know, uh, I don't need feminism, but feminism does need me. But what it needs me to do is to be quiet, to be compliant. It needs for me to never speak up on my own behalf or on behalf of the uh, young men that I mentor. And so when I say that, you know, women need me, it's, it's, it's feminism needs me. But who runs feminism? Right. The media and the people, you know, in charge of the media. Right. I mean, look, we, we watch television shows like I, I know it's off the air now, but I, it's my favorite example. Everybody loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. You know, here's this guy, um, a really decent guy who works hard. He puts a roof over his family's head, right? And, you know, he, he pays the bills. He acts as a father. And how is he treated? Like he's an idiot. Uh, you know, his, and his wife is the super smart, has everything together, and she tells him every day how dumb he is. Well, right. And unfortunately, that's not an isolated incident. I think um, 95% of television 
really is for women. And the reason why that is, is because the advertisers, you know, are paying to get their program on because they want women to buy their products. Meaning that even if the product is for a man, like a razor, the woman is still the one that goes to the grocery store and gets that product. So they're couching it, you know, this you know, this feminism ideal, they're couching it as men are stupid and idiots and gorillas and like what, you know, all these other names that we get. Um, So I wish that were an isolated show, but unfortunately that show as well as others and, you know, commercials all follow this, all seem to follow this same suit that, you know, men are just buffoons. Yeah. And what makes it worse is that we're, we're buffoons that need female supervision in order to live. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I, you know, I, I told you before, um, you know, uh, I, I live by the beach. I, I live alone. I'm not married. You know, I do the dishes. I mop the floor. I do all those things. Um, and I do them just fine, you know, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not a moron. Right. Uh, so when I see <laughs> stuff like that, it's kind of insults my intelligence. Uh, and and I think it should insult a, a woman's intelligence to 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 believe that um, that men don't do these things. Right. <clears throat> we we do them every day. Exactly. Let's speak a little bit uh, after the break. Uh, that's coming up as to why do you think it's uh, okay that men don't speak up on this issue? I mean, Caitlyn Jenner's been in the news, you know, this past year and so, and it seems like transgenders all across America are speaking up on their uh, on their particular issues. What do you think is making men stay quiet? We'll talk about that right after the break. Write down the number, 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532, and we'll take your call. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda with Linda Gross. I am your host. We're on with my guest today, Terry, who is one of the editors for Math for Feminists. Um, that's his Facebook fan page. So we were talking just before the break about why is it that uh, men are so compliant today with regard to issues that they know they're wrong, that the media hype is, uh, you know, shoving down their throats with regard to feminism. They know these issues are wrong, but they just are compliant and not saying anything. Terry, why do you think that is? Well, um, first off, being from that generation that I always call being a hybrid, being born in the 70s, Mm -hmm. uh, we were trained that way. You don't, um, 
you don't do or say anything that's going to make a woman um, feel any emotion or, you know, feel angry. But, or feel uh, uncomfortable. Right. But, but also, I mean, have you seen the, the state of family courts these days? Oh, um, yeah. It's one of my hotbed topics. We were talking about family court last week, actually, with regard to my guest had an, an illegal adoption that his ex, you know, lied her, you know, way up and down the court. And uh, was, it was able to put their child up for adoption, even though, you know, she can denounce the child all she wants, but he wanted the child. So she circumvented him and uh, gave the child up for adoption anyway, without his permission, without his blessing, without his consent or knowledge. So it's been an eight-year battle trying to get that child back. I mean, that is... Uh I can't even think of the word for um, unconscionable. It's it's yeah. just it's just outrageous. You know, uh, can I tell you a really quick story? Yeah. All right. So, I don't know how many uh, men's rights activists or just activists in general you've had on there, but are you familiar with the term "my red pill moment"? Um, I, I know there's a, a red pill um, thread on Reddit that I follow. So why don't you go ahead and explain to our audience that might not know that concept? Well, and, 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 and it, was, it was kind of a joke at first, I think, but in the movie The Matrix, where the character played by Lawrence Fishburne gives Keanu Reeves a choice between a red, bill, a red pill, excuse me, a blue pill. If you take this, you'll go back to your life and you'll never remember any of this and, uh, and you'll just be that, that, that drone that you were before. Mm-hmm. But if you take this red pill, your eyes will be opened. But if you take it, you can't go back. Oh, right? okay. Okay, that you, you, you can't unlearn what you've seen. Right. Well, I had seen a lot of, a lot of guys that I knew who were really good, decent guys uh, who would get divorced and they would get just raked over the coals in family court. Yeah. You know, paying massive amounts of child support, alimony, giving the ex-wife the house, the cars, but keeping all the debt. And so a guy that I had grown up with, uh, who was a really good guy, is sleeping in a camper in the backyard of another friend of ours. And this guy has a really good job, and he was, you know, like I said, he's a, he's a really good, decent guy. And I'm like, what happened? Well, he's getting divorced. So, you know, well, what did he do? That's your first question. Right? Why? Why is he getting divorced? Mm-hmm. Well, now first off, he's giving her every penny he makes now, virtually anyway. Um, his his real crime was being boring. I mean, he didn't he didn't hit her, he didn't cheat on her, he didn't take all the money and do drugs or anything like that. He was just boring, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if that could happen to him, what guy is going to speak up to defend himself against women? Right, and that's and, and and that's and that was kind of my red pill moment. Although I always say I had more of a red pill like ten years of seeing that sort of thing before it finally struck me that maybe there's a problem here. Maybe there's an imbalance that needs to be addressed. Hmm, I like that analogy. There, um, there, abso- there absolutely isn't an imbalance, and that yeah. that might be why. Men don't speak up. In, in fact, a lot of times people ask me, you know, why aren't you doing a relationship show? Because I do have another relationship book that is for women. Why mm-hmm. don't you do a unisex show just like, you know, thousands of other, you know, psychologists and what have you before me? And I said, you know what? Most of media today is for women that I wanted to give men a safe place for them to hang out. Where men can be men, they can, you know, raise certain topics that they can't really talk about, you know, in public. Like if if a guy were to speak of these types of topics to a woman, she would bite their head off. So a guy doesn't talk. And he's he's also a little reluctant to do the locker room talk with one of his boys as well. 
because, oh, well, you're not man enough. You're not strong enough. You don't know how to solve this problem. You know, it's just sort of like you're going to be looked down upon, you know, unless the guy is going through similar adoption issues or similar family court issues as you are or whatever the issue is. You know, some men might look down on that, that you might be weak for bringing up these types of topics. So that's why I do this show is to expose men to where men can call in. They can be anonymous. You know, they don't have to give their name. They don't have to tell me where they're from. And they can talk and chime in on the conversation and be a part of it and felt, you know, respected and heard and like they're not alone in this world. That there are thousands, if not millions of men who are going through the same types of emotions and set of circumstances as they are. No, and you're right because... You know, before, for example, the uh, before the popularity of the internet, we um, we always assumed that whatever was going on where we're from is unique to where we're from. Yeah. Uh, and with the advent of the of the internet, uh, guys can see that the problems they have in relationships or with family courts or anything in L.A. aren't that different than Chicago or New York or Biloxi, Mississippi. You know, it's the same problems. Right. Um, and so, like, for example, with Math for Feminists, you know, people come there and they see, oh, my God, you know, this, these problems that I'm having, this, this, you know, uh, my ex is raking me over the coals for child support or alimony, whatever. There, there are more people out here like me. And I'll be honest, I think that scares feminists. I think it scares feminists that men are starting now to come together even if only on a, on a computer, and discussing their problems. Because before, what you heard was, was what we didn't know is whatever uh, the National Organization for Women said or whatever NBC said or whatever news. Or Now there are guys out there who realize they do have a voice and they are starting to speak up. But a lot of them are still really scared. Now the, the people that say things like, uh, you know, grow up and be a man or whatever, I don't listen to those people because... I, I guarantee you, if they go through a divorce, if they go through the, the family courts once, they'll change their tune. Oh, they, definitely. Uh, uh, they will come out of that room, that, that, that courtroom, with a look like they have just spent six years in a POW camp. Right. Uh, so those guys who say, oh, you need to handle your business, you need to be a man, well, they haven't been through it, and if they... If, and if, they, if they treat other men like that, I don't think they're helping. I think they're hurting. And I think they probably were raised the way I was. They just didn't get out in time to start thinking for themselves. Well, the system today, meaning the media brainwashing, works and continues and snowballs because they're counting on men not speaking up. They're counting on men to be divided. They're counting on men to be reluctant. So forums such as my show and such as your uh, Facebook groups and, and so forth give men a forum to, to speak up that it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be so lopsided. I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the women are thinking maybe that you know before women's lib before the 70s you know they they were so put upon and they were so aggrieved that you know they have to take all their hostility out on men today um you know women's lib originally started with a great premise equal pay for equal work they sure. couldn't get that problem solved so then they decided to hate on all men <laughs> they kind of like went to an extreme. So my feeling is that problem, the pay gap thing can't issue can be solved. And it'll probably be a topic of a future book of mine because I was in the trenches. I work for corporate America. Like I know how to get it done, but you can't, the way you can't get it done is to raise your hand and say, you have to hire me or you have to give me the promotion or raise because of my gender. No CEO cares about that. You know, they don't care if you're green, blue, or polka dot. If you are adding value to the company, that's how you get those attributes. That's how you get promoted, et cetera. So you can't do it by 
screaming, you know, you have to do it because of my gender. And, you know, I'm sure you can give me your military stories. I'm sure it's, you know, not dissimilar from the military. In order for you to get the next stripe, you know, you got to put in the work. You, you have to show that there's value there for them to give you the promotion. Wouldn't you oh, no. agree? I would, actually. Uh, you know, I, I spent, what, 14 years in the Marine Corps, and, you know, I did two combat tours in Iraq, and I was a recruiter and, you know, uh, did humanitarian missions and all these sort of things. And you know what? All that's really great. Uh, a lot of guys do that. Yeah. But if you, if you don't, if you can't make the grade, you don't get promoted. That's it. Yeah, You're, that's they, it, they, right? They, they give you a, a, a very straightforward, simple set of standards you must achieve before you can advance to the next level. If you don't reach that, you don't advance. It's just that simple. So when I hear, uh, what's the, what, what's the mantra, you know, there aren't enough female CEOs. Okay, I agree. Actually, there aren't enough female CEOs. Now, let's talk about why. Um, there are probably a thousand different reasons. Uh, and I don't think that hard work is one of them. But I look at it and I go, yeah, but if uh, women are underrepresented in the uh, world of being a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, well, they're also underrepresented in the coal mining, coal mining industry or over-the-road trucking or oil drilling. Or, but I don't see them fighting for those jobs. No. Um, or, or engineering or math or science or climbing telephone poles or whatever right. it is. I mean, you're right. They're not doing the dangerous jobs. They're not doing the jobs that require more education. They're not doing the jobs that require more experience. You know, they just want... And, you know, I guess women didn't get the memo. It's like they just want the easy way out. Just blame it on the gender. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to vote for Hillary because, you know, she's a woman. And if I vote for her, she's going to put into law that it has to be equal pay. Well, lots of luck with that. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. It, it might be a premise. It might be something you can wish for. But I don't see that happening because if that were to happen, it's like all businesses would go out of business. I mean, it still has to be based on merit yeah you know the this look if you if you are a man or woman working at the same company doing the same job and you've been there the same amount of time and you get the same amount of results as a woman you make as much as he does and there's a chance you make more right uh but if you're talking about say someone who is a clerk at, or uh uh do they, do they still call them waitresses I guess so. Servers, Wait person. Wait person. <laughs> yeah, server. But yes. If you're talking about, I'm sorry, I'm a chef. I call them waitresses and I don't care. Uh, but um, the if, if you know someone who works as a waitress and you compare her income to someone, say, who's a roughneck who works on an oil rig, whose job is way more dangerous, way more physically demanding and makes more money, by the way. You know, right. the, the, the job itself brings more money into the company. It has more value to the company. Of course, it's going to look like there's a disparity. Right. But, but she can always go to work on the oil rig. Right. She could, she, she could try, you know, and she might succeed. There are women out there who do all kinds of jobs. But that's not the, that is not what feminists focus on. Right. They focus on the difference between... They say, oh, well, she's a single mom and she's a waitress and she's barely scraping by and she's not making any money. She should make more money. And I say, no, no, you shouldn't. You should make the money that you earn based on the value to the company you work for. Right. And a lot of those entry-level jobs, like in Seattle with the whole case of $15 an hour, you know, the, the woman who was making $10 an hour and she was working there, I don't know how long was it, like a really long time, like eight, nine years. And, you know, she says, I can't feed my family on, you know, $10 an hour. And so because of that, they adopted this um, into law that they were going to get $15 an hour. And then subsequently, California also adopted that adopted that uh, policy into law as well. I think we have like five years to like get up to the maximum speed of $15 right. an hour. But those jobs were never intended to be 
I'm going to feed my family kind of jobs. I mean, they were, you're right out of high school. You don't have any experience. You don't have any skills. It was to provide you an opportunity to gain experience, to see how the workplace works. You get in, you get out, and you either continue your education or you continue to look for work. Now that you have that on your resume, you continue to look for the better job. It wasn't meant for you to be in that same job for 10 years. I mean, I, I think they have it all twisted. They do. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I scrapped iron, which is just a it's a it's a term used when you you go out and, and like my, with my, I did it with my stepdad, and you go out and you buy old uh, machinery and stuff. You cut it up, sell it for scrap. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in the wintertime, I worked at Hardee's. Uh, do, do, we don't have Hardee's here in mm-hmm. California. No, but it's like uh, it's the sister it's like, of Carl's Jr. It's like a hamburger joint, right? Right. Yeah. And I started there when I was 16 and I made like 3.25 an hour, whatever minimum wage was then. Right? I was a high school kid. Yeah. Um but I really I worked my butt off. And by the, you know, end of that winter I was making like $4 an hour, which I know doesn't sound like very much and it really isn't. Um but as a single, you know, as a high school kid, it was a lot of money. I I could go out and do stuff. I couldn't take care of a family, but why would I, you know, why would you think you can go to work at Carl's Jr. and make a mortgage payment? It, it, just, right. it, it never worked that way. No. So this and, idea and why, that you can, why you know, even take the risk of starting a family when you full on know you can't afford a family at that age? I mean... Oh. Really, you're just supposed to either go for your education or, you know, um, or go for a better job because you're gaining experience. It's not meant to feed, you know, four mouths on $10 an hour. That can't happen. It can't happen today, and it couldn't have happened in the 80s either. Oh, and it'll, it'll never happen. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, I, I, a story that I have I've, I've spoken with you about before um, um Sorry, I lost my thought. It does happen. But, uh, um, about feeding a, f- a family of four on minimum wage. Oh, yeah. You're talking, uh, you're talking about Hardee's and, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. made a little bit of a raise. And, you know, that, that money is pocket money. You know, I mean, you're still living in your parents' house, most likely. And, I was. you know, you I have was. money for gasoline, you have money for car insurance. Maybe you can go to the movies uh, once or twice a month. And that's it. That's, that's what that money is for. It's not yeah. meant to raise a family of four with, with $10 an hour. Yeah. Um, I see this. You know, I grew up in a really poor community. Uh, well, not everyone who was there who, who lived there was poor, but everyone who lived in my neighborhood was. Because uh, it was full of wealth, you know, welfare queens. Uh, you know, uh, some woman who got with some guy who probably had no education to begin with, and she probably didn't either. And they thought it'd be a great idea if they had sex and made a baby. Well, guess what? Now you have a baby, which is more responsibility with two people who don't have any skills. And now you're complaining that there is no, uh, you can't, you can't raise a family on McDonald's wages. Well, guess what? Uh, you screwed up. You should have. I, I, I tell young men all the time that I mentor. Whatever it is that you want to do in life, whatever it is that you want to be, you be that first. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be an engineer, you want to fly planes, you want to join the Marine Corps, you do that first. You become what you're going to become. Then you think about finding someone and perhaps settling down and getting married and having a family. I think that's the biggest problem today is that people, especially these millennials, they think, well, I'm going to get out of high school and I'm going to get a job that keeps me exactly in the same lifestyle that I was used to growing up. Well, it doesn't work that way. And when you do that and have children, all you're doing is hurting those kids because you're going to have those kids living in a level of poverty and hopelessness and they're not going to succeed. And I don't understand why they what, what, the the mindset behind it. Not only is the child not going to succeed, but the parents are certainly not going to succeed either. Like, how do you work the minimum you know wage job and then come home and study for the next four or five hours? I mean, it's insanely hard to crying. do. You know, I mean, it's. I'm sorry. You know, plus, having a baby in the background crying. Right. You know, 
there was a couple that lived across the street from my mom. Why don't we say something about it before I say this? Uh, there's something I never understood about feminism. You'll hear um, groups of feminists say that you need to listen and believe to women's lived experiences. I, this is a, something I hear all the time. Right. And, well, to me, that's, that's called an anecdote. Um, but if, you, if a guy says, well, I've seen this and this and this, the feminist will say, shut up. That's just anecdotal evidence. It doesn't mean anything. Um, maybe they should... It's a little bit hypocritical. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it, it is one-sided. And yeah. I'm not denouncing, you know, their, their life experiences. I mean, I've experienced that too. I mean, when I was working, did I have to work harder than my male colleagues? Yes, I did. I was um, a couple of different times in my life. I was in male-dominated fields, and I was the only woman and did I have to work harder? Yes, I did. But you know what? I didn't have to work harder forever. It was just until I, you know, earned my stripes, so to speak. Just until I was recognized by the, the president of the company that, okay, Linda's doing a good job. She's, you know, adding value to the company and she's not complaining and she's bringing it in. And then after the president or my boss like acknowledged that I had passed that threshold, then I was go good to go. Then I didn't have to work as hard. But during those, for me, it usually took about six months to just shut up, put your head down, just get to work and do it. Don't complain, just do it. And, you know, don't complain about your gender. Don't complain that the other men ha don't have to do what you have to do. Just shut up and do it. And then after six months then you're on equal territory. Um, is it lopsided? Should it be this way? Is it gender discrimination? Of course it is. Of course it is. But so what? It's, it's not like a lifetime sentence where you have to be this way your whole life. It does pass, you know. And I've actually talked to men who are, who are new hires at their job, and they said, Linda, it's not that much different from us. You know, I mean, it might not be six months. It might not be as long as it is for women to pass that threshold. But we still have to go through that, too. We have to be liked and sure. accepted by our peers, by our coworkers, and by our bosses. Now, for men, maybe the time frame is anywhere from three months, um, three weeks to three months. I don't know. But they tell me that they, men tell me that they have to go through this ritual, too. Yeah, and you know... I, look, I think at one time, uh, as a you know, working for example, you know, and, and feminism, uh, I do agree with you on, on some level. Say, you know, forty years ago, a woman couldn't get a job um, as the executive vice president of AT and T. That was not going to happen. Yeah, um, it's not true today. Probably one of the positives of feminism, um, but this. See, I got to disagree with you on this a little bit because um, I think today women have a have an advantage when it comes to the hiring process. I think I think companies want to fall all over themselves, whether they really believe in, in diversity or inequality or not. But they want to fall over fall over themselves to appear like they support women. So I think they hire more and more women. I think that's why a lot of guys aren't getting jobs. Well, I think it's why a lot of guys aren't bothering to, to go through college. Um, like the, well, like the, 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 the uh, take three to six months to gain respect. I think that's probably true for everyone today. It, pr it wasn't true 40 years ago. I think it's true today. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, 40 years ago, I think you could have worked as hard as you wanted or hard, as hard as you could. And I don't think it would have helped you. As a guy or a girl? No, I as mean, a girl. As a girl, I don't think it would have helped you forty years ago. I think they still would have not. They still would not have given you a shot. Right. But today, I think they are. I, I, today, I think they're over eager to give women uh, a spot because they don't want to look like they're sexist. Right, and I do. Uh, I do agree with you that there are some corporations that part of their HR policy. Uh, in fact, the word is called diversity mm -hmm. to if you have two candidates that are on equal terms, you're supposed to hire the person who is, uh, you know, at a disadvantage or less, you know, at a disadvantage than, than the two. 
Yeah. Socioeconomically um, speaking or, you know, whether it's, you know, gender, race, color, creed, religion, like whatever it is, you're supposed to mm-hmm. hire the dis- disadvantaged person. Yeah. And, you know, this uh, diversity is one of those words I, I, I love and hate at the same time because the idea of diversity appeals to me. You know, having people who come from different places, different backgrounds, like the editors at Math for Feminists, um, it appeals to me. But I think what we have now is diversity for the sake of diversity. You, you know, where before, like, oh, okay, well, that person's black, that person's a woman, that person's from India. But we're all on the same team, and somehow we make it work, and everyone grows. Well, where now it's like, well, we have two white people. We need to hire a woman. Right, where the diversity is not benefiting the company. It's just diversity for the sake of diversity. Yeah, and, and I, I, it amazes me that these people don't see the, the, uh, the stupidity in their own way of thinking. Right. All right, let's hold that thought. We're gonna come, when we come back from the break, we're going to go into our little segment called Rideshare Rant. Um, also, if you want to chime in on this topic, we'll join, we'll rejoin Terry after Rideshare Rants. So call us at 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show, and we're talking about everything you have been told about women is a lie. So when we come back from the break, let's talk about um, don't finance the relationship and if that's a good idea. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company. Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming winter 2016. Hanson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, real truth about women that'll change your life forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We're going into our rideshare rant segment. Uh, this is a, a quasi comedy segment where I have uh, rideshare drivers. Rideshare means somebody who's driving a Lyft or an Uber call us with their crazy uh, stories, crazy passenger stories. Today's submission is uh, by John Flaherty and you can see his YouTubes. Uh, visit him at uh, Realistic Industries. That's the name of his YouTube channel, 
Realistic Industries. So let's have a listen to his submission. Can I smoke in here? Is there any way you can take the top down? Oh, it's not a convertible? You sure? Can I drink in here? I found this one to be funny because it's like, <laughs> you know, they're in a hard top car and the guy, the passenger is so out of it that he's saying, you know, can you put the top down? I, I need a little air here. Can you put the top down? I mean, it's it's just, I, I don't know. It struck me as funny. I hope it strikes you as funny. You too can be part of the Rideshare Rant if you have a funny or entertaining story um, and you're a driver. Uh, this funny or entertaining story about your passengers, uh, contact me on my Facebook fan page, The Men's Advocate uh, Show with Linda Gross. And you can also sign up for, we have a fan page for um, the Facebook fan page for them as well, Rideshare Rants. So either place, uh, private message me and I'll be happy to get you on. Some of the drivers are working and that's why they send me a clip. But if you're not working during uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, then you can actually call into the show live. So thank you, John, for that. And I'll post that uh, also on Facebook. Let's get back to uh, my guest. We're speaking with uh, Terry, and we're talking about everything you've been told about women is a lie. So um, tell us a little bit about, uh, you mentioned a comment to me. I think it was uh, from men's uh, activist called uh, Paul Elam, and it said something about don't finance the relationship. Tell us your yeah. stance on that. Well, it's, it's very simple. Um, you know, in the 50s, 60s, even, maybe, maybe even in the 70s, um, you know, the guy was expected to pay for dinner, pay for vacations. He was expected to do all these things, right? But that's not true today. And um, I, would, I tell young guys now, if she thinks that your wallet belongs to her right now when you're dating, you better believe that she's going to think your wallet belongs to her when you break up, like when you divorce or something like that. So never finance a relationship. Okay, Only date women who pay their, their way, who pay their, their share. And the reason I tell them this is um, I want them to understand that if you're with a woman who feels like it's her obligation to pay her own way, um, you're going to be better off in the long run. You're going to deal with a, 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 a class, is that the right word, a class of women? Mm-hmm. Who is uh, more along the lines of uh, the kind of woman you want to be with, someone who doesn't feel like you owe them anything. Uh, if you're with a woman who thinks that you owe her everything, who, who wants you to, you know, to finance her life, she's going to use you and use you until there's nothing left, and she's going to leave you. She's going to leave you for somebody else who's going to do the same thing. And she's going to leave that guy alone. And then the only person who gets hurt is you. So just don't do it. Well, I actually looked into this activist a little bit with regard to this quote, and I kind of didn't like what I saw. So, you know, when he says don't finance the relationship, it was kind of disingenuous when he's making that yeah. comment and preaching that, uh, you know, to his audience. It turns out that um, basically this guy has admitted that he's, and he's been loath to admit it up until now, that he's been living off of his supporters' donations mm-hmm. and living off of a generous girlfriend. So, you know, basically, he said the reason why that is, he says, I didn't want this to come out, but I didn't know how to run this website. And, you know, I run the website 14 to 16 hours a day and Mm -hmm. also hold a full time job. I didn't know how to do that. So, yeah, of course, he like mooched off of his generous girlfriend to do that. So he's coming from a disingenuous place when he gave that advice. Um, with regard to your uh, your uh, comment on that, um, Terry, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. And the reason why okay. I disagree is that men often think linear. They think that if I'm paying $50 for this dinner and the tab is 100 then mm-hmm. the woman should be paying the other $50. You know, it's like li- men often think like kind to like kind. But what I would recommend to men that it doesn't always have to be like kind. It could be unequal. 
And maybe she's not monetarily contributing to the relationship or maybe not as much as you are because a lot of times guys are earning more than, than she is. You know, maybe, you know, she can't afford $50. Maybe what the afford level is only $20 or $25 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But she can make that up in other ways. You know, maybe she is doing the laundry. Maybe she is doing the marketing. Maybe she is doing the cleaning or the cooking or like whatever it is. Um, or maybe she's doing something that's outside of the scope of what the guy is good at. So um, like in my in my case with my ex-husband, he was actually, you know, working at a law firm for many, many years before me. And, you know, I just noticed one day that you're coming home with an ulcer every day. You really should not be in this profession. You are not cut out to be a lawyer. You don't have the stomach for it. It's just, you know, you might be, you know, making good pay and whatever, but this is not your, your area of expertise and what you're, what you can shine at. So instead, what I did, I said, look, you're really good with computers. That's where you need to go. So, you know, all those years of schooling and all the years of accolades from his family and whatever, he got stuck in that job. And it was through me that I said, we're going to put you in some sort of work that allows that allows your creativity and and to your expertise to expand. So um, it was through my efforts that we started a company. We started a high-tech internet company, and it took him about a year to make the transition to leave the day job at the at the law firm. And then, you know, after about a year, we were making enough money with regard to the high-tech company that he could quit his job. So... Were the two of us making equal pay before of all of this? No. Did I contribute 50% financially, um, you know, to the equation? No. But guess what? Without my help, he never would have started that company. So I don't agree with the linear approach. I think a lot of times um, women can be very supportive and they have skills and experiences that perhaps the guy doesn't have that will be a benefit not only to the to the guy's psyche but you know to the family you know in general well uh the first thing i would say to that is i believe there's always room to disagree um <laughs> no we can we can always have of we can always, there, we, we can always not agree and you know and, and, and still be friends you know um and you could certainly have a million bad things to say about paul elam uh, he you know he's not a perfect person um but what I was speaking more speaking of is more in uh, the terms of dating, not really marriage. Um, and so, you know, you and your husband starting a company together, and then you know you contributing more in that, you know, at that time frame. I think that's not unreasonable. I'm, I'm talking more about the uh, the idea that a, today that a guy needs to finance relationships dating. And I just don't think that's uh, really reasonable anymore. Well, I, th- I think that if guys do come from that place, that's a discussion that you need to have early on. Absolutely. Much, much like the girl never says to the guy, oh, I want to have a baby, you know, I mean, but all, all the while behind the scenes, she's thinking, I'm going to make a baby, I'm going to make a baby. Right, and and right. the guy's going to be okay with it without discussing it with the guy to see if he's on the same page with that. I think guys have run into the same kind of trouble that if you mm-hmm. are looking for a partner that is going to do the equal pay thing, um, you should have that discussion, you know, right out of the gate, like the first couple of dates. And so um, if she's not on the page, uh, on the same page as you, let her go. Let her go. She's not that girl. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I I tell guys all the time, if you feel like she's using you, you you know, you walk away. Um, But don't use her. Right. Don't, you know, you know, be, be, be honest, be straight. Awesome. Thank you, Terry, for being on the program today. We'll catch all of you uh, every each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you for joining us on the Men's Advocate Show. We'll see you next week. <laughs>